Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Lorraine Candy. I'm Trish Halpin, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Lorraine and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. Welcome to this special episode of Postcards from Midlife, brought to you in association with Nioxin, the hair product range developed specifically for thinning and fine hair. Now, this episode comes from the heart because we know that so many of you, our lovely listeners, are encountering a midlife hair crisis. That's true, isn't it, Trish? It really is, yes. It's such a worry when the quantity, quality and condition of your hair starts to change in midlife. Um, We have been asked about this and hair generally, actually, so many times on our private Facebook group. So we thought it was time to help you get what you need to find the answers enter Nioxin. Yes, we're thrilled to be partnering with Nioxin. Um, It's a brand that has put 30 years of research into its range of care and styling products designed specifically for thinning and fine hair. Now, we know from our work as editors of Glossy Magazines that the health of a woman's hair is intrinsically linked to her overall emotional well-being. In fact, we probably sold more copies of the titles we edited by using hair cover lines than cover lines about sex and relationships, didn't we? Yes, we did. I mean, they beat the all some cover lines on uh, Cosmo when I was there. <laughs> Bad so hair days. I just knew a, a hair cover line was going <laughs> to actually sell more copies. And when we did focus groups with our readers, hair was the number one mm. worry for women. And that was young and old women. It was kind of styling it, cutting it, colouring it, growing it, or sometimes actually losing it. I think it's probably the biggest factor in helping us feel confident about ourselves from a kind of appearance point of view, don't you? Yeah, I do, certainly. Um, and as we've highlighted before on the podcast, your hair can go through quite a change in midlife thanks to those fluctuating hormones that occur throughout perimenopause and menopause. So we're going to be finding out a lot more about what is actually going on when we talk to trichologist Mark Blake, who is an expert on thinning hair, and Zoe Irwin, a celebrity stylist who can help you make the most of your midlife hair. Now, you know Zoe rather well, don't you, Lorraine? I do, Trish, I do. I mean, I've known her for a very long time. She used to cut and colour my hair and she would prepare me for the Elle Style Awards mm-hmm. when I was doing all that very um, glamorous presenting. and I think one tells one's hairstylist everything so she probably <laughs> yes. knows me better than some of my friends she certainly knew once that I was pregnant before everybody else knew she, she just said to me your hair she said are you what's going on here because oh, it wow. really changes when wow. you get pregnant yeah doesn't it? Anyway, she knows me inside out. So when I hit perimenopause, and I think we've talked about this a bit before um, on the podcast, my hair suddenly started to get really thin and actually bits of it came out. And I found Mm. it kind of the most depressing thing to happen. I was sort of less worried about the rest of me. I was really worried about my hair because it really kind of defined me as a person. You know, I had a very thick bob as a magazine editor. It was always my editor's uh, letter picture. Um, and I just when I hit 47, it, it totally changed. It became really thin, started to come out. And I would say I probably lost about a third of my hair volume, yeah. um, which, you know, really sort of, you know, with everything else that's going on in perimenopause, it can send you into a bit of a dip. So with Zoe, I looked at diet, products, scalp health, and also how stress affects hair loss. And, and mm-hmm. really, we looked at how the hormone fluctuations and also we're a similar age. So she was going through the similar things and, and we were learning together. I have to to say when I started hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. it did get thicker you know I really feel for the women who contact us now who are pre 
um, hormone replacement because, you know, they're really sad about losing this bit of their identity. But there Mm. are things you can do. There's always good news, actually, on the hair front. And I'd say that my hair is probably back to where it was, actually. Now I'm 50. How old am I now, (laughs) Trish? Oh my God, I'm You are one year I'm... younger than me. Christ. Let's get oh, that no, one has out there. passed. Yes. The birthday has passed, but I'm still one year younger than you. You are. What a journey it has been. And I found out a lot, which I've been sharing with my teenagers. So Trish, has your hair changed as you've Well, aged? I think I, I've been kind of okay on the volume front, but it's more the kind of texture. And I think for me, the sort of impact of, of greying hair. And I think during lockdown, I think we've all had a oh, yeah. quite an experience, haven't we, with our hair over the last hair year? Journey. Because there was a time where well a good sort of four or five months last year where we couldn't go to the hairdressers and I was kind of like oh it's fine I'll just let it all grow out and actually it really did impact <laughs> my self-esteem with the gray yes, coming through looking at it in the mirror it was and I was just sort of scraping it back into a ponytail every day and I just didn't appreciate how much that would affect my kind of self-esteem certainly once we started going back out into the world um so I think that's been very interesting and um yeah, I think from a day-to-day perspective, we we learn quite a lot about hair care, yeah. don't we? Um, we, we talk to mm. all the best kind of beauty gurus, hair gurus. Um, what other things do you think that you've learned? Well, I think this is kind of a mantra for midlife as well. I've just learned to be really gentle and kind with my hair, mm. which is kind of what we should be with ourselves in midlife mm-hmm. as well. I learned to wash it in much cooler water. You remember we had a yeah. um, colour expert tell us that if you just wash it in cooler water and not to rough dry it like I'm drying a dog, because um, my teenager walked past the shower once and she said, what the hell are you doing to your hair? Stop it. Stop oh. doing that to your hair. And then I looked at you've got to really just sort of put a little time on it and leave yeah, it just there a little dry. Not, yes mm-hmm. yes little patch um not like i would dry margot trish if i had to try her <laughs> full on with a dyson hair dryer die we will right yes because you would have thrown her into some water beforehand probably is that what you're saying <laughs> margot the cat <laughs> also i don't use those tight rough elastic hair bands mm. anymore i use a hair mask yes. listen to me i use a hair mask yes. twice a week i mean who am i yes. anymore um and even when i go swimming because you know i am yes. swimming a lot well, I, I don't wear those rubber caps because the rubber so nice... they yank it all out no, don't they a nice cloth one mm-hmm. um i'm basically kinder to my hair in midlife mm. are you kinder to your well hair i would now? say i, I am like it today, Trish. oh thank you lovely. well i'll take i'll tell you about that who's inspired this in in a moment yeah so i think everything that you've said absolutely on on the checklist but also i think sometimes we forget if we if we ever are in the sun obviously we've had a bit of a heat wave in the uk over the last couple of weeks but if you are lucky enough to be going away uv protection really important so i i always bring a uv yeah. spray um whenever i'm in the sun because that makes a difference to maintaining the hair color so as well which i think yeah. you know you go through all that rigmarole no doing your hair <laughs> definitely leave that to the teenagers now before we find out what's going on and exactly mm-hmm. what's happening because we really do want to answer all your questions very specifically and we've got the experts i thought i would ask uh trish about her hair heroes yes now who are your hair heroes i mean who do wow. you look at and think that's it that's me that is well i tell you what i'll start with back in the day because i think the first true inspirations were the banana ramas now they wouldn't oh, yeah. have been doing anything on our be kind to your hair <laughs> checklist no. because that was all they about just combing their head back, of it. Comb it, spray it, 
stick a hairband <laughs> and do whatever you like. But that's what I loved about it was because it didn't matter what your hair was like. Just you could hair. just you could just do it, couldn't you? And then just get yeah. it all sort of messy. So I loved the bananas. I thought their back comb mess was brilliant. But then I think more recently, the women that I've loved, Robin Wright's power oh, short yes. haircut in House of Cards, the little blonde mm. fringe. And then mm. I've kind of sort of thought that might be my hair. If I ever should cut my hair off, I might do that kind of look because I just think it's so chic and screams power. But she does have rather beautiful face, face. The right she, shape. Well, or the right look. Yes. <laughs> that is the question, but she's amazing. And then my my sort of current uh, hair obsession is the French actress. I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. You know how I do my French names. Isabelle Huppert or Huppert or whatever her name Not is. Not more Trish French. <laughs> Trish God. French. Trish Franglais. Trish um, French. You will know her. She's that beautiful French actress. I know 60, her, yeah. She's 68. She's kind of got this glossy red hair. And it's kind of, I like to think mine's a bit like hers in sort of texture and like this sort of shoulder length. But she was what, what gives you that impression? Because I'm not seeing that here. What's going on? Well, you were complimenting me a little bit before. It's more of a like it. It's all shaggy. A wave at the side. So it's shoulder length oh, of the wave at the side. But I would, yeah, go online, have a look at her. She's got the most beautiful hair. And if you haven't seen the film L, I highly recommend that. She's amazing. And she's in Call My Agent. So have a look at she that. She is? Too. Yeah. But what about you? Who are okay. yours? Wow. There is one woman who throughout the whole of her life has mm. always had the perfect hair for the perfect moment. Go on. Helen Mirren. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, she just looks amazing. She's just fantastic. I think she just looks so sexy mm-hmm. whenever you look at her. Obviously, Beyonce. But I mean, oh, yeah. that's just something I look at and admire greatly because I just, uh, you know, my hair when it's, I want really curly hair. That's what yes. I really, really want. <laughs> Which is so far removed from your hair. Do do, do you remember Monica in Friends when they went somewhere hot and it went into a giant (laughs) candy floss frizz? That's that's what happens to me in a temperate country. And my favourite person at the moment is Tilda Swinton. Mm. I don't know if you saw her at Cannes. Yes. I mean, that crop was just so beautiful. And she's just such a cool, Tilda's just such a cool Mm. older woman. I want to, I want, I'm still clinging on to some Mm. essence of being cool when I'm older by Mm. having a really strong look, strong look, Trish. Yes, strong look. Anyway, I feel like we should ask the experts whether that is indeed possible for me to do at some point. it's time to meet our special guests. We have not one, but two hair industry legends joining us today to share their advice on midlife hair issues, such as thinning and hair loss and the treatments and lifestyle changes you can make to bring back volume and boost your confidence. Mark Blake is an internationally recognized trichologist and thinning hair specialist who has worked in the hair industry for over 40 years. He is a global ambassador for Nioxin and clients at his clinics in Harley Street, Gloucester and Liverpool include many celebrities and TV personalities. Also joining us is award-winning hairstylist Zoe Irwin, one of the most original, inspiring creatives in the industry, who has delivered iconic images for Vogue, Tatler and Grazia magazine, among others. Described as the Stella McCartney of hairdressing, down-to-earth but also very talented and hip, Zoe is the editorial ambassador for Nioxin and is here today to share her styling tips and tricks to make the most of your hair. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Mark and Zoe. It's lovely to be here. Mark, can we start with you, please? Because I think it's important to start by understanding what happens to your hair in midlife and why does it thin or why does it change? 
Well, th there's lots of different reasons in a sense. You've got 50 different um, causes of hair loss. And uh, these causes of hair loss uh, in women uh, tend to sort of manifest themselves um, in this whole sort of thing where we lose our hair. And women have this sort of thing where uh, female hair loss is associated with low self-esteem, depression, neuroticism, feeling unattractive and introverted. But the, the one thing with female hair loss is it tends to happen more so as uh, we reach that menopausal stage unless it's a nutritional thing. So it's an age where women feel very susceptible and um, they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. No, it's very upsetting. I'm guessing also this is a very stressful part of life. We're slightly overwhelmed. There's a lot going on, ageing parents, families, possibly divorce, changes and things. How much of a part does stress play in hair loss and hair thinning and changing of the quality of hair? Stress is massive. And uh, stress uh, is one of those oh, things dear. where we try and sort of outwardly give a sort of false sort of look, really, where we're not stressed. And so you're, you're pretending, really, but inside you can't lie to your body. And that feeling of stress goes up the body and ends up in the, in the hair, in the follicles. And so that sort of stress really does put pressure on. And we find that uh, we lose hair. It shortens the antigen phase which is the growing phase and so you lose more hair and and people who tend to lose hair don't tend to wash their hair as often and they don't mm -hmm. tend to wash their hair as vigorously because they're afraid of it coming out and that in a sense oh, if you lose 100 to 150 hairs a day uh, if you wash it every day but if you don't you on day two you might actually wash your hair and lose 300 hairs a day or day three lose 450 so you look in the bathroom plug or whatever and think oh my god i'm losing even more hair and so you mm -hmm. tend to wash it even less and get more stressed makes you it. more stressed yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, a vicious, it's a vicious circle isn't it and um now interesting mark when we, we were talking to you before you told us that you've seen an 80 percent. is that right increase in women attending your clinics in the last six months i mean that is that is shocking what's going on what i found is that uh, covid is a, a big impact on uh, hair and hair loss but it's the stress of covid mm. that people are worried about getting it or are they keeping their jobs uh, returning to work there's all these things that we're not used to sort of uh, having really and dealing with have made a dramatic difference to our our well-being and so we find more and more women are losing their hair and and guys as well it's mm. not just women you've got to get in early you know hair loss you don't tend to notice until you've lost 50 percent of your hair mm. so by the time you've lost 50 percent you're almost sense going under the water so you yeah. need to jump in early and, and i always say prevention is better than cure really mm -hmm. and so he so this we've talked now that it's a terrible loss of confidence and i'm you know i lost quite a bit of my hair in perimenopause when i was in my mid to late 40s i'm assuming that as a stylist so lots of women have come to you and talked about their hair loss is that something you've noticed yes it is i think uh many of my clients have sometimes been quite nervous to to bring it up they might mm. kind of say do you think do you think um my hair's lost some volume or i feel like the front of my hair is sitting slightly differently i find that women do not come out and say i feel like i'm losing my hair i think sometimes even saying those words makes it a little bit too real for them yeah. so i think as a hairdresser, we are trained to pick up on these little things. Now, when 
I have a client that I've obviously seen for a reasonable amount of time. I know their hair. I know how it feels in my hands. I know how it feels when I blow dry it. And so it's something that I will often gently kind of bring in, not to cause embarrassment, but just to kind of say, you know, what What do you feel about this and how are you feeling? It's something that a lot of hairdressers encourage that conversation. I think that conversation with your hairdresser is really, really important because they are the first person that can really put you on the right path and do many things, be it colour or cut or styling, that will really help. It's also, I was more comfortable saying I'm losing my mind than I'm losing my hair. <laughs> Yeah, just felt like a side effect of my madness. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, it feels like all these things are going on. And sometimes it's a really good point, Lorraine, because a lot of people think, gosh, is this in my head? Is it in my head that my hair used to be more lustrous? Why is it that my blow dry is not? you know, Mm -hmm. holding so well, or am I just generally going crazy, which I think when we go through the menopause, we often think we are. I mean, I know I did. And so, yes, I think it's many things. And it's about hairdressers who know you well, who you would have had so many conversations with about many personal things in your life. Often, they are the person to start talking to, I believe. But if somebody doesn't have that kind of close bond or relationship with a hairdresser, maybe they move about between hairdressers, or maybe they just don't go very often how would you advise them to kind of open the conversation because as as we said it's so it's such a delicate thing so they should have confidence that their hairdresser can advise them and deal with this yes I think they they should have the confidence I think the the idea is to to ask, you know, don't ever feel that you cannot. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting that clients brought to me, because I agree with you, often um, a new client would come and I wouldn't have seen her before. In mm. fact, for me personally, because it's something that I've really focused on in the last five years, lots of new clients are sent to me because of this. Mm-hmm. But what they do or what I ask them to do, which is really, really helpful, is to bring photographs of themselves okay. from the last kind of five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. That is really important because you can have a conversation like when did you feel confident tell me what you loved about this about hair you know your hair then or when was this a great time and and also for me to be able to see the thickness that they're referencing uh, I mean that for me is really important and Mark let's get really specific then as a trichologist, a hair expert, what is happening? What, what are the different kinds of female hair loss? So there, there might be female pattern baldness, alopecia. What's going on with women when their hair starts to disappear? First of all, al- alopecia is any form of hair loss, but we tend to think of it as these sort of circular little patches or when we lose all yeah. of our hair. But technically, alopecia is any form of hair loss. However, female pattern hair loss, uh, that tends to happen uh, usually, but not always, in sort of menopause, perimenopause, because of lowering sort of estrogen levels, the testosterone becomes a bigger part of the body's makeup. And if you're born with a sensitivity to something called 5-alpha reductus, which I'm probably starting to bore you now, but if... (laughs) 
if you're born with that sensitivity <laughs> for that. Clear. She likes No, I like the technical stuff. detail. Yeah. Carry on, Mark. Yeah, she likes the text. I should <laughs> be writing that if, down, look, and her little if, list. If there. your body's got that sensitivity to it, follicles are trying to get away from it by miniaturizing. And, and they, they're trying to get away from it and they get smaller and smaller to get away from it. And so each individual hair smaller and smaller. And, and when I'm in the clinic, mm. I'm looking for miniaturization when I'm looking at hair microscopically, because you might still have the same amount of hairs on your head, but if each one is thinner and thinner, you look like you haven't got as much hair and you can see more scalp. So that's mm-hmm. one of the areas that, you know, female pattern tends to uh, be in that way, really. And so mm-hmm. it is a, one of those things that you have to look out for and jump in as early as possible. I always say, you know, you don't use an anti-wrinkle cream after you've had wrinkles, you do use it before. And mm-hmm. hair loss is something as well. It's, it's, you know, prevention is better than cure, really. So mm-hmm. get in early. But you have to really monitor these things. Yeah, I was going to say, how, on that point, how do you spot the signs? Because you, you mentioned this before, and we've had, you know, a listener tell us that basically it's just one morning in the shower, she just suddenly was horrified to see these clumps. But And, and it was almost like for her, it felt like it came out of, of nowhere. So it obviously it doesn't, it doesn't just happen overnight, does it? Or can it happen overnight and what are the warning signs that all is not right leading up to something like that nails are a good warning sign your nails and your hair are similar stuff if you've usually got weak nails you've probably got weak hair however we're also looking at this signs around the hairline i'm a nightmare because when i'm walking around i'm I'm sort of looking at everyone i'm scanning i always say i'm like sherlock Holmes. (laughs) I'm, i'm looking for any little a detail it might be in a shop and I'm thinking oh crikey I think that lady's got polycystic ovarian syndrome or and I said it to one of my uh, oh my god you can tell that from hair not specifically but you can get indicators so you start looking Mm. for these and and it's clues uh, that you're looking for and so that's one of the indicators is looking at hairs and you know you have to go right the way through the process but but these clues you're looking for all the time as you're walking and you know if I shake somebody's hand have they got a code hand is that because they've got a thyroid problem or is it because they just had a code drink in their hand so you have to be constantly looking and that's partly what I do from the moment I shake your hand, I'm scanning you, I'm looking for lateral thinning of the eyebrows, miniaturization to the vertex, uh, you know, it could be a problem with the skin uh, and all these things are starting right. I'm putting this on my list of possibles and then I have to rule out if they aren't uh, on there. So we have what we call a differential diagnosis. Well, we rule out what it isn't and what's left is what it is. I'm just going to say you've got lovely curly hair, lovely fluffy curly hair. There, Mark. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> lovely West Country accent. So can I just say, so if I'm a lady who's gone in the shower of a morning and I I go oh my god what where's that all come from well, and I come to you how do you assess me and then how do you treat me yeah well quite often people like this would come in with bags of hair so they actually come oh, in and no. you know oh, I think my so record sad. is somebody who's brought me in nine months worth of hair where she's washed it oh, in individual labeled uh, for dates and everything so you know yes oh. it's quite helpful I don't need quite that much but I can look at it microscopic <laughs> a lot of people when they go to the doctors they think uh, they're losing hair because of one reason so if it's say maybe low iron or something like that uh, the doctor will get the iron right but they're still losing their hair because there's quite often several horses running it's 
not just one horse. So that's why we do this differential diagnosis, because we keep looking. Because if you solve your iron problem and you're still losing hair, you know there is another issue. But that it's quite often that there are several things. So somebody who's lost a lot of hair in the shower, yes, it could be that she's um, highly stressed. It could be that she's not washing her hair vigorously enough. Uh, it could be several sort of things, really. You know, we say death, divorce, dissolvency, all these things in distance, you know, can really have a big impact on mm -hmm. hair. And you just don't know. And it, it tends to work in arrears as well. So it doesn't happen the next day. It's usually about three months on or more. And until you take away the causative factor, this can carry on happening. So Mark, how would you treat somebody who came in with, with the bags of hair? Well, each treatment is different because each person is unique and has their own sets of problems. So uh, we'd also have blood tests. So it could be that we have to raise blood levels. It could be that we have to suppress the sensitivity to this 5-alpha reductor. So we're, we're numbing the follicles to this uh, to stop them feeling this form of dihydrotestosterone. So there are lots of things. So it, it is a complex thing. It's like a jigsaw puzzle and it needs putting together and uh, this whole picture, really. I was just looking at a recent survey said that 30% of uh, middle-aged men menopausal women would give up sex to have a full head of hair. 47% said mm. they'd give up their life savings. And 60% would said they would give up their money and friends to have a full head of hair mm -hmm. again. That's how you know, important is to women. And, and mm. a lot of the patients I see in my clinic are crying because mm. they don't know what to do. And they're looking in the mirror and not liking what they see. But if it's thinning, if it's just coming out, and I guess it's going to take several months to sort out so zoe what's the best thing to do i mean i had it cut short <laughs> should you have it cut should you let it grow because when it grows it's all spindly and i don't know whether that's putting more stress we do get asked this quite a lot what are the best styles so do you have it cut do you not and how do you style it as it thins I think that when you're, you feel like your hair is losing density, one of the most important things is volume within the hair. And that could be that styling your hair a different way. You know, having, I would always recommend kind of going to almost have a styling lesson with your, you know, booking a lesson with your a hairdresser, yeah. cutting the hair. One of the things that I'm really, really mindful of is that, when you're starting to feel like stressed and upset that, you know, that your hair is really changing, often to then really cut somebody's hair super short is quite confronting for them. And I know it might be a bit left field, but it's something that I try to avoid. Like I try to perhaps tweak the hairstyle you know whether you have if you have a bob perhaps you know cutting some of the layers a little bit shorter so you have more fullness um fringes work really well when they're a little bit longer and perhaps sweeping across to the side so they add some volume and so i think that being mindful of things that increase volume in the hair is really really important it can be changing the shampoos that you're using, the conditioner, so that your hair has more volume when you start to style it. It can be changing the product that you put on to blow dry your hair or even how you put it on. And there's all these different things that help like enormously it, mm -hmm. it's so interesting like when I watch women apply product to the hair often they will hold the bottle above their head and spritz it now when you've got hair loss or hair thinning you really need that support on the hair
hair all the way throughout the head. So just dividing sections going from the underneath and running your fingers through and spraying that in at the roots, I say every four centimetres over the head makes a massive difference Mm -hmm. because then the hair underneath is not too soft and that lift that you give it which I'd recommend doing say with a bristle brush so it's really gentle that's actually going to hold and one of my biggest things is to actually use a product like almost like a dry cleansing product to to really add to that volume sort of throughout the day because another thing is thinking about heat within your body so you know if you are for example if this is through a time of menopausal then often you're going to be getting terribly hot so you're also looking at something you can perhaps pop in your handbag you know add later on in the day that's going to keep your scalp fresher I mean that to me is like that's one of the things that I've relied on the most actually and in terms of using a sort of treatment or product system like nioxin how does that work one of the things that I'm super mindful of is is what you're taking in like what your you know your nutritionals because Mm -hmm. they're really important often you find that with menopause or when this is happening people become very you know worried about their weight and so perhaps they might be dropping something and Mm -hmm. so the first thing that I do with all of my clients is there's a product called recharging complex uh, and that makes sure that every day you are receiving the nutrition that you need to form new hair now that gives you a lot of confidence that's a supplement yeah and also little things you can do like for example I'm a big fan of having kind of berries and granola but I switch my granola to a protein granola you know so things like that is really important so then when you're when you are using the products I mean things that will give a lot more volume there's there's something called hair booster within the nioxin range makes it very very big difference I mean we say that while you're going through this stage until you're growing new hair you're looking for something that's going to keep the hair on your head protected from breakage Mm -hmm. but also to increase volume throughout these kind of things like hair booster hair thickening there's a product called instant fullness which you know these make a massive difference and I'm Mm -hmm. finding that they give my clients the confidence that until Mm -hmm. that new hair comes through they actually feel really best you know much better well the the one thing is that your hair is the second most prolific cell producer in the body so you grow between 0.3 and 0.5 millimeters of hair a day which doesn't sound a lot but you've got between 100 and 150,000 hairs on your head so if you put that 0.3 0.5 millimeters that you grow of each individual hair end on end that means today you will grow 36 meters of hair what the hell so that, that, that's around a kilometre a month. So, you know, wow. it's like I say, the second most prolific cell producer mm. in the body. Now, you can only grow hair out of what you eat or retain. So mm-hmm. you might have the healthiest diet in the world, but if it's going straight through you, you will not grow the best quality hair. So, you know, part of getting the best quality hair, really, especially when you're going through the menopause, you want to get as much as possible. You, you'll still grow 36 metres of it, but you might grow 36 metres of the weak, iffy stuff. And I want you to grow mm. 36 uh. metres of 
good stuff. And so wine doesn't help, does it? You can't yeah, drink 38 gallons of wine to make 36 <laughs> meters of hair. I mean, we all know, obviously, water is a key sort of thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, we've got nutrition, sleep. That's when our body repairs itself oh, and yeah. these cells regenerate, relaxation. And another big one I always say now, actually, is sex. I mean, mm. sex is fantastic for hair. Uh, you know, <laughs> the more big O's, the better. Um, Ooh, because look at, look at Trish. She's going to go and tell Neil now. Neil, she's going to say, my hair needs you. Okay. <laughs> Explain. Come on. I want to know the link between orgasm and hair growth. What is going on? Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're inflating your estrogen levels slightly. And, you know, oh, estrogen is a very friendly thing for hair. Uh-huh. So, plus, the big O also helps you sleep as well. So, yeah. you get more repairs. So, you know, it's a win win. There, there mm. is nothing, you know, I'm prescribing it for hair. <laughs> is this a world exclusive? We've just, are you just uh, is it, you've told people. <laughs> this before or can we release this it's, to yeah, the it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a common fact and so we, we need really it, it, but it's one of those things that's not spoken about you know obviously nutrition is the most important thing but it's looking for all these small incremental little things that we can help and mm-hmm. you know that helps and as well as drinking water but you know nobody sort of shouts about oh you've got to drink water for better hair but you've got to grow 36 meters of the good stuff and yeah. and i will say as zoe said earlier about keeping your scalp clean scalp health is directly linked to hair health we have a sort of fauna that lives all over us and the and we tend to get this itchiness and the best way of keeping it down is by washing it and hmm. you know can you do that with the nioxin shampoo every day then so that's it's okay to use that shampoo every yeah day i i wash my hair every day you don't have to but you should treat your scalp like any other part of your body well if you only shower once a week then i suppose you can wash your hair once a week but we've got this invisible line here on our forehead we spend all this money on our face with these lovely face creams and then above that line we abuse it and we expect us to grow this lovely hair and and it to be fantastic. So we have to treat it a little bit better and clean out our follicular orifices to make them Ooh. nice clean so we can get this hair growing out. Okay. Uh, so Mark, we've talked about nutrition being really hugely important and then the scalp health uh, being really important. So what can I use? Is there any shortcuts? What can I do for that? Well, uh, the one thing what I would say, Nioxin have a great product called Dermabrasion that is like an exfoliant for the scalp, which mm-hmm. prepares your scalp. It, uh, you should use it, have it done about once a month. So this just cleans off all that dead skin that we've got all this sort of horrible stuff, if you look at it microscopically. And that is fantastic for keeping the, sort of, the soil really good for actually growing this hair out of. So uh, that's something that should be used a lot more often. And the supplement that nioxin do is fantastic because it covers all your bases you know if you have a, a diet that um, you're restricting certain things within your diet and that's where I think people need to make sure that you know if you've got weak nails then the first place you're going to see a benefit is your nails um, mm-hmm. although it's for the hair but it takes a little bit longer because you know hair takes a month to be made underneath the mm-hmm. the, the follicle uh, underneath the skin uh, a month to come up and on the third month you'll see a bit and that's if it hasn't had a three-month resting phase so mm-hmm. we need to sort of you're not going to see anything instantly however you will see things instantly with some of the nioxin products because they're actually great what we i call they fake it until you can make it mm-hmm. so some of the styling products that zoe can tell you about uh, they will give you instantly thicker yes. hair 
But obviously, when you stop using them, you've still got the same hair underneath. So part mm. of my job is to make sure that you're growing through this good hair. So we've got a two pronged attack. Yeah. So on the styling side, there's many things to kind of like be aware of. One of the things that I think that is really important is to keep some smoothness and strength to the hair that you've actually got, because your hair will often at this stage feel a little bit more brittle. You might have more dryness, sensitivity, and what you trying to do is really strengthen everything that's there and protect Mm. it and I think that to me when I went through it myself was really really important there's a product called intensive deep protect density mask and using a mask I would say definitely twice a week what that's going to give you is a kind of softness to the hair that as you're combing it out you're not going to be almost snapping Mm -hmm. you know which you can do we don't talk enough about breakage breakage that can happen maybe if you're toweling your hair too vigorously or as you're maybe you're getting knotted within the brush when you're blow drying so what that's one of the things that I would really suggest because it also will give you a little bit of shine and that really matters like healthy hair really needs shine nioxin have a thickening spray and if you use this every four centimeters over your head so you just simply run your finger across lift up a hair a section and mist that in and if you do that all the way through when you're blow drying that's going to help the density the diameter of every hair you know what we've been speaking about is the hair is becoming finer not just thinning but you know being finer in that time if you can use a product that's going to give it density every day which means it's going to hold the blow dry more and also feel thicker then your stress level comes down massively Mm -hmm. and styling wise I mean one of the big things for me is preparing for that styling and I'm a huge fan I've you know I've studied um, massage head massage it makes a huge difference you know some surveys are saying up to like 24% more growth when you massage your head it stretches the cells within the follicles and it also puts the blood into that area and that can be done just before you blow dry or as you're using the conditioner in the shower and that is helping on a stress level but it's also really helping to work into those follicles and once you start it it just becomes something you know that that is part of your beauty routine really so you've had it colored um yes. and you're using the products can you still use heat products on your hair Sh- or should you just be saying oh my goodness no not when it's this thin and fragile no no tongs no blow dries I think that often for one colouring the hair at this time is actually really helpful. You know, like colour thicker, doesn't it? Yeah. Colour can give the illusion of thickness. It can give you a big boost to yourself. Yes, you can colour your hair and use nioxin. I mean, I use system number five, which is particular, you know, my hair's highly lightened and, and that gives mm-hmm. me a lot of strength within that. Heat tools, I think sensibility around this is really important. And this goes back to the breakage side of things you know like truly trying to really keep the hair that you've got and so turn down the hair dryer it's incredible how 
when you take care from hot to cold, it's it's very effective. The quicker that you take care from warm to cold is the more sets that you get within your blow dry. Yeah. So actually turn down the heat, go to a warm setting, but as you're working through with a brush, use the cold shot on your, on your dryer. So hold that section and cool everything down. And that is going to be much more gentle on your hair. Also using a product that's going to protect, like for example, with thickening spray, Bionoxing, it's it's got a protectant in it. And so when you tong the hair, that gives a lot of volume. Like curling hair, it's really interesting. When you add a curl, it adds volume all the way through. And that can feel great, you know. So perhaps it's yeah. adding a little bit more wave to your style. And Mark, uh, different textures of hair. So say um, for black women and brown women and Afro hair, is it, does the same thing happen for that kind of hair as well? Are we looking at all women, all hair, all midlife? And are, are the products helpful for other women? Yeah, so with Afro hair, it's a lot more delicate than people think. And so you do need to be sort kinder to it and it does need uh, more hydration really so we need to sort of get that moisture inside the hair and I always say that part of one way of doing it for me is to towel dry it a little bit before you put your conditioner on because that allows interesting the little gaps um, because you, your hair has got a lot of uh, when you wash it it's got water inside it and so quite often in the shower it feels fantastic but the moment you get out of the shower it's not in and that's because that water is starting to evaporate and th- that evaporation leaves all these little holes in the middle of your hair so if you can sort of towel dry it a bit so you can get the product to go or the conditioner to go inside the middle of your hair and that's where it's going to do the most good so if you've got very fine hair you have to be a bit careful you're only doing it on the ends but need to use the little tricks and get these as much hydration into afro or dry curly hair and i think because i've got curly hair it's little tips like this you learn along the way really so zoe is there somewhere because i think i know how to do a scalp brush off but i'm not totally sure is there somewhere i can watch a video on my instagram which is zoe owen hair i post a lot of tutorials and within that there is a massage tutorial and it's really worth watching because the calming effect that it gives you is fantastic uh, and that itself i find is so useful she does a nice massage i might sometimes do it to stop me talking <laughs> I'm a bit much sometimes, Josh, a bit much, aren't I? So say I I start the Nioxing range and I'm taking my supplements, I'm doing all that. How long does it take to see a difference when you use a product range specifically for this kind of problem, do you think, Mark? Like I say, if you're using the Nioxin uh, products, you'll see a, a difference instantly because they're designed to sort of plump out your hair. It's all about using the right products because the worst thing is using the wrong products at the wrong time. And, you know, I always say to my wife, she's got all these products around and I say none of them work in the bottle because you've got to use these things at the right time at the right point they're not just for decoration do you know what's annoying isn't it just because just as your hair is not plump the rest of you is plumping out isn't it? that's what seems to happen in midlife i look at my hair and i think why won't that plump out bit of me plumping out gravity is not kind in that way with hair or body so Thank you so much, first of all, for all of that hair information. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. But finally, before we let the uh, two hair gurus go and grow their 36 metres of hair, (laughs) 
I'm going to grant you one hair wish, Zoe. What would it be? It would be volume for sure. Volume, like having having yeah, volume all over my hair somehow gives me much more confidence. <laughs> and Mark, what's your desert island hair wish? What would you do with your lovely curly locks there? I suppose my hair wish is one of those things is, is, is a constant battle with curly hair to stop your hair going frizzy. So I, I go around <laughs> trying to teach people how to do this because anyone with curly hair knows the moment you go out in the rain, it's all over. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I suppose some my hair wish, but it doesn't rain. Uh, so I, I look like this rather than you know, like Brian May. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That was just so helpful. And can I say you're our first duo of guests that we've had on the show, first double act. So that's two double acts meeting each other. (laughs) Thank you very much, Zoe and Mark. That's been incredibly helpful. Thank Thank you. If you want more information on the Nioxin products, then hop onto their website and have a look and pick out the system or the products that might be right for you. Well, Trish, we have come to the end of our special Helpful Hair episode of Postcards from Midlife. Do we have a little time for some hair-themed nostalgia noodle? Always, always time for a nostalgia noodle. (laughs) I mean, we have already on this podcast (laughs) talked about your terrible fringe and my bad perm Mm. as a teenager. But what have you got for me from the hairy vaults? (laughs) <laughs> well, if we're talking hairy on your head vaults, I, I'm going to yeah, talk don't about... I hear about the other stuff again, <laughs> no, Trish, exactly. that was really upsetting when you did that last time. Took no, me by I'm going to talk about when hairdressers go a bit wrong, because we've talked about yeah. earlier about the importance of that relationship and trust you have with your hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you kind of get it wrong, don't you? So yeah. I went to this hairdresser's once and it was a new hairdresser's and he'd suggested something and I knew in my gut it wasn't right for me. But of course, I was too polite to say no. And he oh put in these God. kind of it was I was having it coloured. He put in these kind of quite thick bold stripes of sort of red yeah. and blonde, like a sort of Strawberry ready blonde and a blonde. Well, not like maybe. I don't even know what it was, but all I know is I was like, oh God. I walked into the office. I was working at Moore magazine at the time the next day, and someone started singing Tiger Feet. (laughs) I look like a tiger with these tiger stripes. Oh, and then another time <laughs> that it went wrong, I was going to some glam event at the Royal Albert Hall uh, in the Glam Magazine Editor Days, and I, I wanted an updo. I can't remember what it was, but it was a very, very glamorous. And the hairdresser I went to wanted to use this sort of big donut oh, thing. I've <laughs> seen them, yeah. On top of my head. Yeah. And he piled all the hair over. Anyway, I ended up with a beehive. Literally, I looked like Mary Why Wilson. Why didn't you say no? Well, exactly. It was pins. It was all happening. I was like, oh, God, I haven't got time to undo it all and redo it. And obviously, the beehive looked amazing on Mary Wilson. It did not look amazing on me. I spent the whole night in agony with all these hair pins. <laughs> so that's my hairy vaults of, of disaster. It's just, just, just say no. Just say no. Yeah. What about you? Well, yours is hairdresser incompetence. Mine mm. is my own incompetence, oh. obviously. That seems <laughs> to be a theme of my life. I've already yeah. told you about when I dyed it black, yes. which Zoe did for me against her will. And yes. she said it won't suit you and you won't like it. And she was like, oh. right. <laughs> I told you about the time I dyed it red to annoy yes. my dad when I was a teenager. And of course, he didn't even notice. Yes. I think I've told you about the time I was recording a TV show 
and midway through the series I had my hair cut and then I had oh, to wear a wig <laughs> for continuity yes <laughs> which again my own problem but I don't think I've mentioned the time that I was doing a hair experiment when okay. I was at L where we were all testing things and I was testing not washing my hair for two weeks to see <laughs> delicious whether yes <laughs> Because there was some new mad science thinking that it would rewash itself, etc. It was quite long at the time. It was down to my shoulders. But obviously during that point, I had completely forgotten that The Guardian were coming to interview me (laughs) for Media Guardian. So I don't think my secretary was on her best performance at that point mm. so we, I came to work one morning and there was a Guardian photographer oh, no. a Guardian reporter and I had no makeup on and I hadn't washed my hair for about nine days by that point um and do you know what happened mm. I mean I just thought oh whatever I'll just have my picture taken he still wrote the Guardian journalist mm. still wrote a diva had all her people around her sorting her hair and I and I wanted to Mm. afterwards I rang him up and said listen I hadn't washed it for two weeks and I wasn't wearing any makeup there was no magazine diva behavior going on you know what people are like they like to think that's what magazine editors well it's the persona isn't it I know anyway so that I'm not not a prima I mean I am a prima donna but Mm. obviously on that occasion I wasn't so that those are my hair disasters Uh, and can I just the the experiment didn't work I'm assuming the two weeks no You couldn't no, wait to get it back to it. Feels funny. It feels greasy, funny, and itchy. it doesn't. Well, it goes be up past greasy, itchy. Actually, mm. that bit does does oh, work. Okay. It does, but okay. it goes a bit like you've got sea salt in it. So yes. it's a weird. Yeah. Yeah, I right. do like. It. Not right for I you. Like not right for you. Well, that brings us to the end of this special episode brought to you in partnership with Nioxin. I hope it was helpful. I hope you've got everything you needed, but please keep sharing your hair stories, hair queries. We are here for you, hair agony aunts, as usual. And don't forget, you can shop the Nioxin range online at Boots. Goodbye. Goodbye.